yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. And this week we're talking about the best tech of 2020, laptops, phones, headphones, smart speakers, all that kind of stuff. And I'm joined to discuss this uh, by Mark Kavanagh, who's senior assistant uh, editor at The Star and also the digital editor of Buzz.ie. Mark, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Adrian. How are you? Very well, thanks. And I'm going to get right into it. Um, I wrote a piece about what I thought were some of the best tech uh, of the year. I've reviewed probably about 150, 160 things during the year. I was I was totting them up. And I'm going to start with laptops. And the the laptop that I've picked out, there are a few honorable mentions here, but the one that I've picked came very, very late in the year. And the reason I picked it is because of the influence it's going to have on the laptop eco- ecosystem in general. And that is the MacBook Air, the new M1 model of the MacBook Air, which, by the way, is cheaper than the Intel version of the MacBook Air, even though it's way more powerful and it has way more battery life. What do you think of my pick? Um, yeah, it's an excellent choice. That and the new uh, MacBook Pro as well, which uses that chipset too. Um, it's 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 very much, I think, a first draft. Um, so the, the, the real excitement here is the potential for what, where they're going to take this next year with some of the higher spec models. Mm. But e- even... With that first draft, those models that they have brought out now, and I know you can only max them out at 16 gigabytes of RAM, which will be an issue for some people, particularly professionals in audiovisual industries. But the speed bump, and in particular, the battery bump, is so much better. I mean, on the on the MacBook Air, it's up to 18, 19 hours. On the Pro, it's 20 hours plus. I mean, that's a 2x battery life increase on on the Intel models for less money. Yeah, it probably sounded like I was being negative there. What what I meant or how I should have maybe emphasized it was, given that this is a first draft and look at what they've done already. Imagine what they're going to do by the third or fourth Mm. draft. Imagine where we're going to be a year from now or maybe a year from a year and a half from now. I think it's it's it was the the most exciting development in terms of um, personal computing Mm. in the last year by far. And it, it, it's interesting as well in what it's going to spur, presumably from the likes of Intel and other chip manufacturers. Uh, I know that some of the laptop uh, p- 
manufacturers have started messing around with ARM chips, for example. Uh, Microsoft has a Surface Pro X, which I have and one which I actually like using. It's one of my three go-to laptops on a weekly basis. And that uses essentially a, essentially a souped-up mobile chip. It's just about good enough for, you know, so-so daily business tasks, but it gives it massive advantages in terms of slim form factor, etc. But what I'm really looking forward to is the, what Intel and Qualcomm, how they respond to this, because they can't let Apple just run away with the, uh, you know, with the chip uh, mark. They'll have to respond. Well, of course, yeah. Consumer, uh, competition is always good for the consumer. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, interestingly, I mean, the, the, the one I picked my first couple of picks are Apple uh, stuff, and it just happened that way because some of the categories I picked, the tablet uh, I picked, the best one was the iPad Air, the new model, and there were a few reasons I picked that. This year, I'm not sure if it was an, a vintage year for tablets. It seems to me that the tablet market has shrunk in terms of the ambitions of some of the manufacturers. You don't really see anyone other than Apple and Samsung even really trying to go big and promoting uh, the tablets. Now, um, Samsung did have uh, a decent model, Galaxy Tab S7, very powerful, very nice, great screen on it. Um, and it was around the same price as the, the iPad Air uh, 2020, but which is a, which I think it starts at 670 euro. But the reason I chose the, the iPad Air is two reasons. First of all, there's the redesign. So it's it now look it's exactly the same size as the 11 inch, 10.9 inch iPad Pro, which means it fits the same uh, uh, keyboards and the same accessories. But it also has that lovely flattened uh, edge that Apple has now introduced over its whole iPhone um, range as well. And also because just in general, if you're buying a pro tablet, now not a Windows machine, but a pro tablet, to me, I don't know how you feel about this, for me, it's just the the uh, uh, iOS or iPad OS just works much better across a lot of work friendly apps. Oh, it certainly does. The app ecosystem is far superior on iOS. We're ten years in, and both Microsoft with the, with the Windows touchscreen devices and uh, the Android uh, tablet manufacturers have failed to catch Apple. They're just running away with things. I'd agree with you on that Samsung tablet. The screen on that is the most gorgeous screen mm. I've ever seen on a tablet. And I would imagine that somewhere in the near future, Apple will do its best to equal that or match that. It's probably the only area that Samsung tablet was superior to Apple's iPads. The iPad Air, I reviewed last week or the week before in Irish Daily Star. And to give an example of its power, bear in mind the entry-level model is less than 700 euro. It's got that A14 Bionic chip. Mm. As you said, the redesign is gorgeous. But because of that uh, USB-C port, you can now connect up an array of accessories. Cameras are often used in reviews as an example. But I used an audio example. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing a DJ mix for Today FM, the national pop station for anyone listening outside of Ireland. And I recorded it using an app called DJ AI, which is an iPad app. It's a subscription model. It costs $4.99 a month. It allows you to do all sorts of high-tech stuff, mm. like neural mixing, stripping out vocals, stripping out drums in real time as you mix. You can have up to four decks on the go. The technology in that app matches what Pioneer charges four grand for in a set of CD decks. You then mm. have to buy a two grand mixer on top of your decks. So for six grand, you're getting the same technology in that app. And I did the mix live. It wasn't you could use a sync button. You could do it all fairly automatically if you wanted. 
Mm. But as an exercise, I did it sort of manually just to show it could be done. And it just blew me away that you can do this on a 700 euro tablet. And don't forget, it's not just a Vista DJ kit. It does all those other things. It's a great tablet for consumer media. It's great for editing photos. You can edit 4K video on it, have two or three 4K streams going simultaneously. Mm. Um, I mean that that, that, that's a, yeah that's a, and it's that crossover because sometimes people will ask a question. Look, I want a good tablet, maybe an iPad, but a good tablet that can do that. Maybe I can use a bit for work, but also is very good for other stuff. And really, the iPad Air I think has nailed it because it's it, it was supposed to be a middle ground between the basic iPad, the new eighth generation basic iPad, which by the way is very capable in itself. And the 11-inch iPad Pro, but it's way closer to the Pro. It's priced in between the two, but it's way closer uh, to the Pro. I mean, if it was up to me, and I was, I'm buying, making a choice between, say, the iPad Air and the iPad Pro 11, which I have and, and which I use, I would actually buy the iPad Air and then buy the Magic Keyboard with it because it costs quite a lot of money. It's 300 quid, uh, but the functionality that gives you with the iPad is amazing <laughs> excuse me rather than buying the more expensive ipad pro and and uh, a basic keyboard which which costs um about the same yeah i think the i would imagine the ipad air has probably made a dent into the sales of the smaller ipad pro the 11 inch mm. model there are a few differences that maybe if you're a photographer out in the field um you might appreciate the pro model better the, the usb data transfer rates are slightly faster or twice the speed actually on the pro model as they are on they iPad are Air. although but that, but that's, although that's a niche area it is and and i'm in a position to talk a little bit about that because for example when this but we're recording this podcast and it's being recorded in audio and video and i'm recording both now typically my workflow is i'll record this on a zoom recorder uh, actually, I was going to hold it up, but um, a Zoom recorder. And then I, I will actually transfer it and send it uh, through via WeTransfer. It's, I, the file is normally about something in the region of about eight 900 megabytes. I can do that now on an iPad Air or an iPad Pro. I literally, uh, because of the files system, a lot of people don't use the software that's on iPad OS. If, in, because of the file system, as soon as I uh, um, attach the memory card via the USB-C port into the iPad Air or the iPad Pro, I open up the files. It's sitting right there. I split the screen. I have a web browser open the other side. We transfer. I literally drag and drop from one to the other. And bang, it's gone. Um, so as you say, the functionality now that iPads are bringing you uh, is on par with professional tools and professional systems that we think we have to spend uh, thousands, uh, thousands of euro for. Yeah, I, Apple sometimes um, gets criticism for the high pricing, what you call the Apple tax on some of its products, the new headphones, which I'm sure you'll mention later on in the podcast. Oh, I have a pair of them. Um, I, have them. Would, I have them right here. I, they, would they, be they, they actually don't feature in my best of list, and I'll tell you why. I'm just going to take them out here. And for anyone who's watching the video feed, see them here in all of their glory. Um, the reason they don't feature in my best of is because I've only had them 48 hours, and I haven't had long enough to test them. I can say that uh, just uh, first take is uh, the sound quality is excellent. The noise cancellation is excellent. They have a very premium thing is because they've got metals, aluminium kind of metal feel on the outside as well. You can take the ear cups off as I'm, anyone's watching the videos, watching me do here. By the way, that's clever because as you will know, Mark uh, and Gavin, who's recording this, it's the ear cups 
that actually tend to degrade quicker than most other parts of headphones. Now, of course, Apple will sell you a replacement pair for 78 euro. Um, but nevertheless, it is a way of uh, elongating the life of your uh, headphones. Are they worth 620 quid? I don't know yet. Um, the the most direct competition uh, that they have is the headphones that I will be mentioning in uh, a couple of minutes as my headphones pick of the year up to now, which is, is Sony's headphones. But seeing as you mentioned, I couldn't resist just jumping in and showing off. You're a very lucky man because I was looking this morning on the Apple website mm. and the delivery time wait for those headphones is currently 12 to 14 weeks. So if you order this set today or this weekend, yep. you're not going to get them until March next year. So, um, Do you know what that speaks to to me? That, there's a really interesting thing there because um, what that says, to, th- these are a very expensive pair of headphones relative to like the Sony's, the Sony, I'll just show them to you here. The Sony's that I'm going to recommend as my best headphones of the year, the XM4 models, or actually the XM3 are almost as good. They're typically retail at 389 or 379 You can get them sometimes in sales for cheaper than that. So really not much more than half the price. Here's a product that Apple has brought out and they, people are willing to order them without having seen them, without even that many reviews, because they trust the company to give them a quality product. That, that's basically what's going on here. Yeah, I'd agree with you totally. The reason I mentioned them was just to go back to the iPad Air for yep. a second. Um, I think the iPads are a great example of Apple also providing excellent value for money. Um, all of the iPads, whether the top-end iPad Pro, whether the iPad Air, or as you mentioned, mm. that HN, model which came out this year that's a fantastic little machine that does an amazing amount of stuff for for less than 400 euro so ipads are a good example of where you know apple doesn't always throw on a premium tax just for the sake mm. of it as people sometimes like to make out uh, when yeah, if you use the gear i mean in terms of if you use the the, the equipment uh, and the tools um it, it's quite efficient i mean i wrote a column a couple of months ago I think it was when the iPhone 12 came out and it was it was a kind of a tongue in cheek column, but it was essentially breaking down the stereotypes, the stereotypical critics of Apple. And, and we all do it from time to time, but they break down to four or five different uh, stereotypes. And one of the most consistent, there are two or three really consistent. One is a kind of a marketing sales type person who tries to convince you that it's all a scam. It's all a marketing scam. These are no different to any other products. It's just they've convinced you. you you're actually a mark. These tend to be the kind of people who try and flog you on bed apartments, you know, or who appear on Dragon's Den and we, the, the, the businesses they're looking for are just the ones who can sell. It doesn't bear reality with what actually the market responds to. These headphones are sold out. That's real money. That's real business. And there's also a real trust there. Um, and it's not because I've drunk the, the Apple Kool-Aid. I mean, the I, I do have a lot of Apple products. They are good quality products, but a lot of people agree. Um, so um, I don't even know where why, why I went off into that uh, little tangent. But uh, um, there is, you, yeah, you mentioned criticism of it, like or, or an Apple tax, like six hundred twenty euro for a pair of headphones is a lot of money. Until you, if you think about who these headphones are aimed at, like who are these head? We're, that's the question we're all asking ourselves because typically. A high-end pair of consumer headphones like these Sony's will cost you a high-end pair will cost you 350 to 400 euro. That's the high-end, right, for consumer. Now, as you know, because you're way more into music than a uh, kit than I am, like high-end headphones, 
like Sennheisers and 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 old fashioned planar, they go into thousands of euro, right? Yeah. Don't they? Well, they do. There's even a set of Sony high res audio uh, Bluetooth headphones that I think they're three and a half grand. Yeah, which are, you know they're they're obviously targeting a very very specific mm. audience. Most of the the wireless headphones, you probably agree, they're while the Sony's have excellent audio quality, and I'm sure the Apple uh, AirPods Max do as well. They do, but audiophiles would would shoot those down and say that you know you're never going to get as good an audio sound from wireless audio as you will from wired connection and to a certain degree they're right but it depends on the scenario in my opinion you you know a lot of the time when we listen to music it's just there in the background you know mm. actually sitting down to you know i'd sit down and listen to an album the same way the people that sit down and watch a tv show but not many people do that um i i would have wired headphones for that purpose but once it, it's once a key you, actually just on the wired just to take your point it's a key thing because um the airpods max do not have a port to plug in your own uh audio cable and that is an initial criticism from some of the high-end audio audio files it they're, they're saying well i can't possibly consider these because um really these should be compared to consumer headphones noise cancelling bluetooth wireless headphones which is what they are yeah i i think that's i think that's what they are i think wireless bluetooth audio is is a convenience that we all love we all love smart speakers around the house but you're listening to music in mono i mean music's been mixed in stereo since the 60s so to go back to go back to listening to music on mono speakers is is really a retrograde step but we all do it because it's so convenient and it's so handy Mm. and in general you'll be very impressed with the sound you get out of a lot of those. One of, uh, you mentioned stereo and mono. One of the interesting things about the AirPods Max is they have this uh, spatial audio uh, characteristic and Apple is trying to uh, push this. Now, sp- spatial audio is a little bit specialized. It's not really that common. You can't really just open a YouTube video and uh, and get it going. But it is actually kind of remarkable when you test it out. For those who haven't tried it, it it's a little bit like... it. Um, uh, directional uh, uh, audio uh, when you turn your head uh, you think the audio's come from one place you turn another way I think it's coming from another place um, and there's a lot of speculation that Apple is setting this up to work with uh, a, a new suite of mixed reality or augmented reality glasses and, and other products it, it has um, up its sleeve but um, anyway look that, that <laughs> I don't know how you got into headphones I think we've pretty much covered headphones now, actually do you know what while we're here I will mention the the, the Sony so these were my headphone picks uh, of the year and the reason is simply to be honest I didn't find them that much better than the XM3s but uh, the XM3s were the best noise cancelling wireless headphones on the market and these are not worse. They're slightly better, maybe. They're, to me, they're not quite as comfortable, but they're still as comfortable as any other uh, pair uh, on the market. What Did you have any sort of experience with headphones during the year? I They were by far my favorite mm. when it came to wireless over-ear headphones. I, I probably preferred the Bose 700 to the Mark III's. Um, I'm I'm saying that now. I only had the Bose for a couple of weeks, but it just had they had a couple of extra features that the Sony at that time didn't have. But Sony have added that to the Mark IVs, the multi-connection mm. features mm. and stuff like that. They somehow managed to improve the ANC, as you say, it might be only a slight bit, but they still improved it. And I think the audio quality does kind of a, a warmer sound, maybe on the Mark IVs, that's improved a little bit too. Mm. Okay. So I, I I'd agree with you 100. They were my favorite, and um, I did try out a few others this year. There were nice over here 
wireless headphones from Panasonic Technics and the Huawei Freebuds Pro in recent times. Mm-hmm. I think they're a good first effort, but they didn't quite nail it. My comparison would be Microsoft Surface when they launched the Surface headphones. I think the Surface headphones were a lot closer to Sony and Bose mm-hmm. than Huawei managed Definitely, this yeah. time out. Yeah. But um, that said, if you bought the Huawei for 300 euro, you wouldn't be disappointed. Mm. They, to quote Eamon Dunphy or to paraphrase Eamon Dunphy, they're a good set of headphones, not a great set of headphones. Mm. Well, one of the headphone brands I've been kind of mentioning a lot over the last six weeks is an Irish brand called OneSonic. They just reached out to use the American parlance and said, look, we make uh, buds and headphones as well. Um they sent me a, a, a pair to try. And you know what? They're actually pretty decent. And especially on a for how much they cost, the Buds only cost 60 euro. I think their noise cancelling headphones are 80 euro, maybe 79.95. Um, I was more impressed with the Buds than I was with the headphones, but the headphones were still decent uh, for uh, for 80 euro. So if you're looking for a budget option, the one, one Sonic, it's called onesonic.com. I don't think they're stocked in retailers. I think you buy direct. Uh, from the store um just i uh, mentioned smartwatches, and this is kind of the last well the second last apple category really because when you talk about smartwatches, i find there are three distinct categories that that i class smartwatches in one is a kind of a budget step counter i just want a band around my i don't want it to be a fancy watch just something that will serve me and that's where you're into your fitbit charge for 120 euro 130 euro Uh, the second is your hardcore fitness and that is where you're into your garments specifically there's uh i've uh, reviewed phoenix 6 pro and a few others um uh, the uh, venue square uh, Fitbit have a couple of mid-range options uh, there as well. And then there's a third category, which is the do everything smartwatch. It will do a decent amount of fitness and health uh, with the emphasis on health, but it will also do a lot in terms of general apps, payment apps, um, notifications, integration with a lot of your smartphone apps. And really, if you're picking one smartwatch for the general population, it, it, it has to be the Apple Watch. I mean, you, you can't ignore it. It is by far the best-selling overall watch by far in the world. By by, It's not even close anymore in terms of volume of sales units and in terms of the amount of uh, money they bring in. Um, the model I went for, even though the one I wear is this, is the Series 6 for the Always On, the one I went for was the mid-range, the, the, the Watch SE, because it's just under the 300 quid mark with a strap. It, it's, to me... That is the affordable option for most people. I would be a big fan of Apple Watch as well. Tested a lot of smartwatches and fitness trackers this year. Um, I, I would certainly uh, feel that the other manufacturers have upped their game a lot this year and have done a lot to maybe chase Apple. Mm. Samsung's Galaxy Watch 3 was the closest they've come, but I think in, in a couple of areas, uh, they still fall behind. Just small little functional things like on Apple Watch, that digital crown, when you're out and about, mm. if you maybe leave your phone at home and you've got music on your watch, to be able to adjust the volume using the dial is incredible. Um, the Samsung, it's, it's yes. actually, it, you know what? That is really, that's a really excellent point. That annoyed, that annoys me on a lot of other smartwatches that you can't do that. You have to dive deep into the settings mm. and maybe press three or four buttons and if you're like me when you have to root for your glasses when you're out as well i find all that very frustrating it's just a small thing um 
but yeah, Apple Watch Series Six is is great. You've got the uh, the new features, um, but the SE is is the model um, that I think most people would buy, and it's got, as you say, most of the features of of the mm. top end model for for a much more affordable price. Yeah. The ones that impressed me elsewhere this year um, were the Fitbit Sense, both the user interface, and that was a little bit clunky it had this haptic button on the side that sometimes you have to press two or three times so yeah i wasn't that, a fan that, i wasn't a fan of that on though really that that let me down yeah but some of the software features on that are great garmin do do uh plenty of great different types of watches they've got the s62 for golf as you said the fennec 6 pro solar is is probably the best watch i've i've ever tested in terms of the array of fitness features that it has on it i'm not sure I get to use them all myself. Or not but exactly do you know one you, one thing I did get the use out of from not only the Phoenix uh, series, but also some of the uh, lower, uh, the mid-range, like the Venue, Venue Squared, uh, Garmin allows you to download Spotify tracks. Now, I use Spotify rather than Apple Music uh, because you can just, I have found that it's you can use it, it's more flexible across more devices. That is really, really good. And you can't do that on Apple Watch unless it has changed very recently. And I, and I haven't figured it out. If so, apologies. But, but as far as I know, you can't download Spotify tracks onto uh, no, an Apple can't. Watch. It's just no. Apple Music. Um, you get very few actually smartwatches from 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 the ones I've tested. Garmin is one of the few brands that uh, mm. you can you can do that with. I think is is Apple Watch. Um, is it another example of where maybe Apple? does something that other manufacturers don't do and that apple releases five phone or released five phones this year five iphones mm. um there were hundreds and hundreds of android watches or sorry android phones mm-hmm. released this year by other manufacturers and i found that well, i came to doing a list of the best watches of 2020 a couple of weeks ago for the column of the paper and i was just i was i was snowed under i was overwhelmed by the amount of other options that they are so does apple has it nailed it in the sense that there's just okay there's a couple of options this year you've got the se and if they're still selling series five and series six but yeah. if, if you walk into a store and you're reading on the apple way if you go the other way there's so many options you're kind of bamboozled by all the, all the yeah and i mean even within the apple options um a lot of people would pause and wouldn't be completely clear so it's actually the series three series it's the Series 3, it's the SE, and the Series 6. That's their lineup. The, the Series 5 was their high-end last year. I don't think they sell it anymore. You might find it in retailers as uh, excess inventory, but it's. I don't think Apple sells it directly um, itself. Um, but even there, like for example, you'd be thinking, well, what's the difference between an SE and a Series 3? Actually, the difference mainly is the size of the of the screen. The uh, SE has the same size screen as the Series 5 and Series 6. Um but I agree with you. I mean, it's really, really difficult to try and uh, tell the difference. And this is where you get into niches. I just reviewed today, in fact, um, a fitness watch called the Polar Vantage V2. It, Polar is a Scandinavian company. It's an absolutely excellent fitness watch. It has over 100 different sporting metrics. The actual tech in terms of the touchscreen is a little bit janky. It's not brilliant, but the, as a uh, as a sporting and a fitness and a sensor based tool, it's absolutely brilliant. But you really have to be in some sort of a club or you know on websites that that deal with sports and fitness to to know about it. There's ve- very few, and that's what I'm talking about uh, with the Apple Watch's success. 
when you talk about a smartwatch, really the only two brands that have maybe arguably three, it would be Apple, Fitbit, maybe Garmin for space. But Apple and Fitbit, really. I, I, th- <clears throat> I mean, Samsung, yeah, absolutely. Samsung's there. But does Samsung have a sort of a wide awareness for its smartwatches? I'm not sure that they do. Maybe they do, but I don't think they do. I think it's really Apple Watch and then Fitbit. I think they're the two brands that most people mm. kind of, uh, and, and when they think of Fitbit, they really think of the cheaper, uh, I would have thought. I'm just going to move, move quickly on. Smart speakers. This, to me, is the absolute king of affordable. So this is the new Amazon Echo. It's the sort of global, globular one. Um, and the reason I, it's, it's really, really weird with the Echoes because um, I, I have, I do also have the uh, the Google Nest speaker and it's decent. It's decent. They're same price, 99 euro. Um, but the Echo's better. It just has better audio. And I have this theory that the Echo in particular is a bit of a loss leader for Amazon, that they actually put a little bit more into it in, from an audio perspective than, than you would, than you have a right to expect for 99 euro and they're hoping that in time you'll shop on amazon and it'll be into the ecosystem except in ireland we don't that doesn't really work you don't really shop on amazon uh, uh here uh, using your smart speaker so i kind of think that the joke's on them do you know what i mean well um we're we're a very small market so we, we probably don't come into their consideration that much either the market you can still buy it you can still buy it I'd agree with you on the speaker. The, the The Alexa system is probably a little bit of a closed wall system, like the Apple ecosystem, in the sense that okay, you can you can ask Alexa to play you music from Spotify or Amazon Music, but if, for example, you're an Apple Music user, there's mm. no compatibility with Alexa speakers. Or if you, like me, have a Tidal subscription, there's um, there's no. Are you the last person in Ireland with a Tidal subscription? I, I would use it for this reason because occasionally I do sit down and listen to music and I would like to hear it at the higher resolution. Right. But a lot of the time when you're out and about, that doesn't really come into play. Actual fact, when you're when you're listening on mobile, you'd probably, you know, switch from from the higher res uh, signal to the standard three twenty signal because you're less likely to lose your connection when you're out. Who, who owns Tidal now? Is is it still Jay Z and all those guys? No, I think they sold a good maybe half share in the company to some sort of Norwegian uh, okay. business venture yeah. capitalist or something like that. Um, it's certainly somewhere in Scandinavia. A Scandinavian company is, is one on the show at the moment. Mm. But, um, Deezer is another good example of of a system. Now, Deezer is compatible. How is Deezer uh, still going? I mean, I ask that totally respectfully. Um, that'll be my worry about all of these companies. Um, you, you could invest a lot of time into them making playlists and stuff like that in a few years from now, who who will be still there? I think you can say without a shadow of a doubt that Apple Music will still exist in five, maybe ten years. I wouldn't be so sure that Spotify will. To be fair to Spotify, it has held its own. I mean, it it, it is still the biggest. It's still ahead of Apple in terms of uh, subscriptions. I think it was, uh, um, what is it, 100, 200 million now at this point? We're starting to do sort of adventurous things like pay crazy money to former mm. members of the British Royal Family, whether they still qualify as members of the British Royal Family. I didn't um, know Joe for, Rogan was in the British Royal Family. No, I know what you mean. Bon- you mean Harry for, and Meghan. 
for podcasts, yeah. So, you know, just because they're ahead of the race at the moment doesn't mean that they'll necessarily be there. Deezer, I would agree with your point, and again, respectfully, because I think it's a great service. They've also got the 360 audio feature, which is a very limited music library, but there's a couple of great classic albums from Elvis on there, Elvis Country album and Elvis Live from Hawaii um, in 360 audio. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy them specifically on those. Can I just, on a tangent, who likes Elvis? You know, what kind of a music fan likes Elvis in Ireland? I, I, and I say that respectfully. Uh, it's probably it's probably a generational thing, isn't it? Um, like, is it, it is it the Nathan? Is it the older? Is it Na- the Nathan Carter fan's uncle? Is it is that who is that who listens? Because you know, you stereotype. I used to love Elvis as, as a kid, but is it, Elvis in the last ten years seems to have morphed into seventies Elvis, long locks Elvis, people who kind of they're the music versions of Trekkies. They quite like dressing up in. <laughs> in skin tight suits, you know. Well, I think the streaming services there are there are a lot. Of them. I notice you're avoiding that topic, but anyway, let's keep talking about streaming. <laughs> the the French. Uh, I'm an Elvis fan. I, I concede. Um, oh, okay. The, well, I mean, I wasn't having a pop. I just I genu- I'm genuinely genuinely interested as to who, um, like a, a colleague of ours, Gordon Smith, who doesn't do that much anymore. But he used to do a lot of. IT writing, security writing. I think he still does a bit. He actually has, he played in a cover band um, that did Elvis numbers and, was it Elvis and Beatles? Or just Elvis or just, I think it was, or just Elvis, wasn't it? Do you, do you, do you know the band I'm talking about? No? No, no. Well, they, 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 I mean, they played the Olympia and everything. Um, so, I mean, it is a thing around, uh, and, and people still like, a, I'm just wondering where the new Elvis fan, because, you, you know, a lot of, you know, De Bowie, Neil Young, all these guys, even Queen. There's a there's there are new markets for these bands. Where are the new market for Elvis? You know, yeah, the same will probably apply soon enough to the Beatles, though. The, you know, both both the Elvis estate and 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 the Beatles are are still huge, huge money making operations. Yeah. But um, I think the younger generation coming through, the likes of Paul McCartney, doesn't mean anything to them. Um, as as hard as it is for some other. When people, I think of a, an Elvis that. fan or a Paul McCartney fan, Paul McCartney is slightly different because you can imagine a kind of a a 50-something or 60-something spending five grand on a Technics kit to listen to Wings, 81, something, right, right? But with Elvis, it's more, honestly, I would think of a guy who's still stuck with a 199-euro Iowa triple-deck set from the late 80s and a CD and and two micro speakers. (laughs) It's not unfair, (laughs) is it? (laughs) I don't know. It's funny whether it's fair or unfair. It's funny. Um, the, the French streaming service, uh, I think you pronounce it Quobus, um, they ran into trouble there a couple of years ago. Maybe mm. to, to demonstrate your point, um, they had to they had to go for a round of funding either in 2013 or 2015. They almost went under. They've been around for, they're one of the earliest. They've been around since 2007. They were the mm-hmm. first company to do high-res audio. And they've, they've gone on a, a campaign to sort of target the US market, which obviously will be the biggest market and i'm not sure how successful they're being in in that uh, mission at the minute but that it, it's maybe a warning sign to the other companies that if 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 a firm like theirs could run into trouble that you know these are entitled mm. have, have the work cut out i think you touched on something very very important and um, with regards to streaming audio when you when you mentioned the accessibility and the compatibility of the spotify service with so many different devices it's it's rare that 
you know, you come across. Tidal has launched a similar uh, feature called Tidal Connect recently, but so far I haven't encountered any smart speakers or you know, bar higher end speakers that have Tidal functionality built in. And that's mm. something they need to work on. And Deezer, Apple is sorted because it's got its own ecosystem. So yeah, and, and it gets to be a vicious circle after a while because if you're not big enough, then why are the main manufacturers even going to bother with you if 95% of the market is either Spotify or Apple Music and maybe one other? That's who they'll deal with and nobody else. I think Amazon could become a big player. It's mm. In, in years to come, they've got a high-res audio offering that's 15 euro a month. So it's it's a fiver cheaper than Tidal and Quobos and Deezer. And you basically have the same service. They've also got 360 audio in there. At the moment, for whatever reason, um, if you're an Irish Amazon customer, you can't access that service. My Amazon account is set up with a UK address. So I get to watch Premier League football on my Prime video. Huh. And I get... And I get to subscribe to um, Amazon Music. Um, when you say it's set up with a UK address, is that an actual user or did you just put in a UK address? No, I, when I first set up my Amazon account, um, it was back in the days when there was no free delivery and there was no Amazon Prime to Ireland. Mm. And a lot of stuff that you wanted to buy on Amazon wouldn't ship to mm. an Irish address. So it's a parcel motel address. It's not even a UK oh, address. Oh, so if you want to watch Amazon Prime football, for example, which is only for UK users of Amazon.co.uk, you can set up a parcel motel address, for example, or attach that to your account, make that the primary address for your account, is it? Did, but is there not a credit card issue, d- uh, address issue there? Um, it, I, I haven't encountered it. Now, okay. once or twice, so no, obviously. Once or twice in, in recent weeks, for example, the new Chromecast mm. dongle came out. When I went to set up Prime Video on that, it basically, the, the Google Chromecast uh, refused to accept that <laughs> I wasn't in the Republic of Ireland. So I, didn't, I, I did have an issue setting it up on that, but I just got the new Fire TV 4K stick mm. and I was able to set up my Prime. It did pop up and say, you know, your, your account is in the UK and you're not in the UK. Do you want to change your settings? Mm. But I still was able to override it. I'm sure in the fact, maybe even though we're even talking about this publicly, Amazon will clamp down on that. I'm sure the guys in Sky TV... You um, know, my, my experience is they don't buy because this happens all the time with Netflix. People say, oh, I'm, you know, I use Netflix Turkey or something and I get access to this series or this um, uh, this catalog, which, by the way, yeah, fine if you do that. But there are actually things you can get on the Netflix, Netflix Irish catalog that you can't get in other countries. I, I'll never forget going to the US. I think it was for CES in Vegas. And I was in the middle of Battlestar Galactica, which at the time was on Netflix. I arrive in the US, I'm tired, I'll watch one episode before I go to bed. It wasn't on the Netflix US catalogue. And I remember thinking, you know, this actually swings both ways. You know, we we, we only have a couple of minutes to get through uh, the, f- the phone, so I'm going to speed on, and I'm not going to give the phones as much due as, um, as, as they probably deserve, even though we have spoken about phones before. I broke my phones of the year down into four categories, a premium, light premium, mid-range, and budget. I have them all here. Now, the for the premium, which is really kind of ultra premium, for me, it was a toss-up between the iPhone 12 Pro Max and the Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra. And I went for the Pro Max. And the reason I went for that was because of the, uh, the redesign and the upgraded engine, even though the S20 Ultra arguably has, has a better all-round camera system because it's more flexible uh, and a bigger zoom. Do you think that's fair? Um, it, it would be my choice too. It's in 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 the Irish Daily Star this week. Um, my I picked my 
uh, best form of the year and it was the, the 12 Pro Max. I did not use a Pro Max last year or the year before, so this is my first time and I just fell in love with it. I love the screen size. It makes such a huge difference. I've always been a fan of the bigger screen. That's actually phones. the reason I found to buy the 12 Pro Max. It's not actually the extra sensor size in the camera uh, or the slightly longer zoom. It's only a half X extra zoom. It's actually the extra screen size. Mm. And, it, you know, if you like big screen phones, to me, that's the best one you can get. Yeah. I would have, I would have maybe, my second place would have been probably the Note 20 Ultra. I thought that was the, the one where Samsung nailed everything on. Mm-hmm. Camera's probably still not as good as, as Apple or, or Huawei. The shape of the Note still bothers me a little bit. It's still slightly too angular at the edges. When I'm putting it in a pocket, it frays my jeans. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen that criticism. That, I, I only had it for a few weeks, so that didn't really become mm-hmm. an issue. Do you know what? Actually, interestingly, in terms of camera phones, though, even though I frankly at this point, I just can't recommend as the best in any category a Huawei phone because it doesn't have the Google Play Store. And even still, the best camera phone of 2020 for me was the P40 Pro Plus. Uh, um, It it just was. It, It has by a million miles the best zoom like way better than samsung zoom i, I tested both side uh, side by side it has the best sensor it just has the best tech it's such a shame it is such a shame yeah well i'd agree with you again and um i suppose that that, that tells its own story um and i because i picked that as a category today in or this week in irish daily star in the column and p40 pro plus in terms of hardware yeah. is by far the best camera system it is um, and yeah. i'd also give it I'd also give an honorable mention to the software features on the Sony Xperia 5 II Mark II and the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II um, because you can do things like 20 frames per second burst shooting and you've got a lot of uh, the Alpha series type controls in in the Camera Pro app. I would concede, obviously, that, that we've covered this before, that that mm. would uh, appeal to only a niche market. Yeah, I'm, but I'm not a fan. Made- Even as a photographer, I'm not a fan. I think, I think Sony is... Um, I, I like the fact they're still there, and I like some of the features that I they have, like they have a, still have a physical shutter button on the phones, which is great. Um, but I don't think that Sony are at the races. I'm just sorry, I just I just don't think they're. I think as a point and shoot camera, I would have last year probably said that Google Pixel Four was as good, if not better, than iPhone Eleven, which I had last year. But the any of the iphone 12 models that, and mm. i've tested them all as you have yourself um i think as point and shoot cameras they are now ahead of everybody else including google i do love the pixel 5 it is a good point and shoot camera you mm. certainly won't be disappointed with it but apple has just ahead edged ahead in terms of the computational photography and this week of course we got the pro raw functionality or pro raw functionality in the two pro raw imagine it was pro raw pro raw pro ira <laughs> imagine that that would be hilarious wouldn't it um i picked a couple of other categories we literally only have two minutes left um my light premium phone was samsung's s20 fe because in my opinion having used it it is way better value than the full size s20 it has almost all the same features um but it's about two or three hundred quid cheaper um mid-range I chose the Google Pixel 4a 5G, that model, just because the screen is a bit bigger than the Pixel 5s, even though um, they're kind of much of a muchness. Uh, And then my budget model was the Nokia 5.3, which is 179 quid. And the engine in it is kind of weak, but in terms of everything else you get with it, the camera system is fine. 
Um, it's nice looking phone, great big six and a half inch screen. I I was I was very pleasantly surprised by that phone. Ones I did in the column this week were best foldable smartphone. I was a big fan of Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold 2, but the one that I think nails the execution of the form factor better was the Huawei Mate XS. Your um, in-depth reviews are a joy to read, and this year I think uh, the best review I read, one of the best reviews you've ever written, was uh, the appraisal you gave that Huawei Mate XS phone. You did obviously deal with the, with the Google Play Store issue, but you still gave it good appreciation of what they have done in terms of innovation and engineering with that phone and i think they were ahead of samsung in that mm. regard and um, best smartphone battery for me was the rog phone 3 it had a six thousand milliamp power pack and um, this was us you know, for, yeah yeah it's a game it's a gaming phone so yeah. if you were if you were yeah, yeah. engaged engaged in gaming sessions and um, you probably would use the battery up in a day but if you're using it just as a smartphone um as your daily uh phone you would get two days out of it easily um the best compact android the google pixel 5 aforementioned and the best affordable i think the oneplus 8t for 615 euro has 120 hertz screen a really amazing full hd screen one of the best full hd screens i've ever seen and then the oneplus nord which is 409 um as a as a budget phone i think that rivals any of the uh, google pixel mm. offerings there's also an oppo budget phone the Reno 4Z. The Reno 4Z, which, I know it, yeah. Yeah, you can get that in three mobile for less than 300 euro. And it's 5G. Uh, it's probably the cheapest 5G phone you can get in the Irish market at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. Well, well that, they are, they are going to be the brand to watch next year. That's all we have time for, uh, Mark. So Mark Kavanagh, Senior Assistant Editor at The Star and Digital Editor Buzz.ie. Thank you very much for joining me, Adrian Wackler, the Tech Editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent on The Big Tech Show. And hope you'll join us this time next week. We will be broadcasting all over the Christmas so and the new year so uh same time next week bye-bye